This is Aaliyah S. King. Hey, what's up? It's Aaliyah S. King, and you're listening to another episode of Writing Practice. I've been writing for 20 years, and I've always thought the idea of making sure you have a theme in your writing hasn't been very important. Write a great story, the theme will be there. Turns out I was 100% wrong. Theme is important. And in this episode, we talk about short stories, novels, and how theme can make your work even stronger. Enjoy. I don't have headphones, but I'm gonna get some really soon. I don't know how I wasn't prepared okay i'm gonna do it without headphones and see what happens i just like it i know i don't need it but it feels weird without it um we have three themes to talk about today um i'm thinking maybe we'll get to all of them i'm not sure uh i figure we take the first 30 seconds to do a little hair talk um, so we don't take up all the time for when other people come in who don't care about my hair. Um, so I did a thing I'm not supposed to do and I am, I got braids, wasn't really ready to, you know, do the hair salon thing. Um, but you all, it just got to a point where. It was really starting, oof, I don't want to sound like this. Shannon and I talk about this on Good Talk. Um, it sounds like I'm trying to tell you to go listen to our podcast, but I'm really not, except you should. Um, my hair, like, was starting to really mess with me. Like, it was hard for me to feel good about myself. Like, I just, it was just tough. Um, I have very thick hair. It's all over the place. It's not the kind of hair that you can just comb back and brush it and wear a little ponytail or um I just don't have that kind of hair so I got a perm last year after 20 years and thank you Jessica and um I'm so now I have like half perm half curls and it's just all a mess and I needed to do something just until I make up my mind on what I want to do I came very close to cutting it off myself and decided ultimately that that wasn't going to be a good look. Um, also, um, the other thing I remember that I like about having braids, especially when I'm being creative, and I know this is going to, maybe it won't sound weird. There's probably lots of people who can relate. But uh, actually, I don't know if the headphones go with the braids. Let's see. Might be a thing. Might be a thing. Testing, testing, one, two. Oh, that's so much better. So I realized that when I'm being creative or trying to be creative, I I have a thing, like a fixation with my hands. Like if I'm reading something, I want to hold on to something or like I want to twirl something or it might be a pen. I'm clicking and clicking and clicking. Um, so my braids are perfect for that. They are obnoxiously long. They are post longer than my butt. Um, sweeping the thigh action completely obnoxious which is the only way I do braids I can't do like normal sensible see you next week braids I can't 
if I'm going to sit in the hair, if I'm going to sit and get my hair braided for two hours, I'm going to sit and get braided for six. That's just how I do. Um, so, oh, thanks, Jessica. Uh, I don't remember where I got these earrings from, but, um, when I was 14, 13, my best friend Maya and I were walking down Bloomfield Avenue in Bloomfield and we were not popular kids and our parents didn't let us get the popular thing. Maya's mom handmade every single item of clothing she wore until high school and probably beyond. And that's just the kind of parents that we had. So one day we're walking down the street, Bloomfield Avenue and Bloomfield, and we stop at this jeweler and we look in the window and we see these huge door knocker bamboo earrings. And inside each pair is a letter. So there's A's, there's B's, there's C's, there's D's. We stop in our tracks and we're like salivating. Like we just know if we can get our hands on those earrings, our whole lives will change. This is 1986, maybe five even. Um, so we go inside and we say, how much? We're ready for him to be like a hundred dollars down payment layaway. He says $5 and we're both blinking. What did you just say? $5. We say, we'll be right back. So we leave. We are in hysterics, jumping up and down before we can even get our hands on them because we know we can both get our hands on $5. We are about to have huge-ass shoulder-dusting bamboo earrings, at least one pair. So we both hustle up $5 over the course of a couple days. We go back together. We get our A- an M initial door knocker earrings. I wish I had more to tell you to the story, but I don't. We love the earrings. We wore them for a week. They turned our ears green. We had all kinds of infectious pussy stuff going on in our ears and our parents had to clean it and it really hurt. And we realized they were $5 because they were not worth a crap. So um, ever since then, I have always wanted to have a pair. And of course, they became more popular um, then they became super popular and it was like sort of a statement. And I spent a lot of my adult life feeling like, oh, that's just a little too much. I mean, I'm extra, but I'm not that extra. And then I realized, except I am that extra. So I have two pair. Um, I have a silver pair to say Leah. Um, and then I have a rose gold pair that say Leesky, which was my ill-fated short-lived hip hop nickname. It was the thing. You put the ski on the end of your name. Um, they make me super happy. They do. Um, okay. So I guess that's enough not talking about what we're supposed to be talking about. couple of things. First thing I want to talk about is theme. Um, for as long as I've been doing these and even longer, I found an old post on my blog, aliasking.com. Check it out. Archives there are pretty fun. And we're talking about theme. And everyone is talking about, I, it's hard for me to find a theme to my blah, blah, blah. And side note right quick. I'm just realizing that almost everyone I see right here, I saw in the comments when I was checking out my blog earlier today. The love. That means we've been going strong for like 15 years, y'all. Okay, so I always say theme is nonsense. People say, how do you figure out the theme of your writing? And I say, you don't. You write the fucking thing and the theme will tell you what it is when you're done. People say, I need a minute to figure out the theme of my book. And I think that is up there with a story Bible. Like, just write, just write, write a good story, write a good, compelling story. 
and you will understand what the themes were when you're done. Um, I never tell people to figure out a theme. As a matter of fact, when I wrote my first book, which the 10-year anniversary of that book being published was yesterday. Yay! Um, I remember my first reading, someone said, I noticed that you have those the themes of abandonment and trust that have run through several of your pieces. And I'm like, really? I don't know what she's talking about. Yeah, somebody gets abandoned there, and we talk about how to deal with it yes somebody has trust issues and we figure out how to deal with it I did not at the beginning of writing that book ever say I'm gonna talk about themes of abandonment and trust no I thought I want to write a good ass story that makes people clutch their pearls and throw the book across the room um and that's what I did I never went into it thinking of what the theme should be ahead of time um I think that a lot of things we do in that vein, often end up becoming things we do when we're not writing. If you can work on what the theme of your story is and still give me my hour three times a week, blessings. But if you're not writing the actual book because you're too hung up on what the themes of the book are, we have a problem. That's not going to work. So here's the issue. Um, I've been thinking about writing for television and it's a completely different world, as you can imagine. And the person that's helping me in this world, we're talking about a show. And he's thinking, he says, so what's the theme? And I'm like, wait, I haven't written anything yet. Why are you asking me about a theme? I don't even know what the story is. Well, I'm not sure what the, who the protagonist is. I don't know the characters. I am very character driven. I'm character driven because I'm dialogue driven and dialogue doesn't speak itself. You need people to speak dialogue. And he told me you're great with dialogue, but you're going to have to figure out theme. And I was like falling out on the floor. Like what? So I'm changing what I've always said. I think it's probably important for you for you to figure out the themes and whatever work you're about to do. I hate that I'm saying that, but I think it's true. Um, Jessica says, we are taught theme, theme, theme in school. I think that's why we're all so stuck on it. See, I was not taught theme, theme, theme in school. I was maybe in elementary school, but by high school, um, I had the same teacher uh, twice in high school, Mrs. Lillian Gist. Um, And she was about plot, character, dialogue. She was about, does this story make sense? Do I want to turn the page? No one looks at a story and says, oh, this is about love. I want to turn the page. No, you want to turn the page because it's good. And you're not going to turn the page if it's not good, no matter what the themes are. So, yeah, y'all. Theme. We got to think about theme. And just the idea of it makes me a little bit nervous. So I'm going to try it, like, right now. Um, I wrote this Facebook post a couple years ago that still goes around um i still see people liking the post four years later uh three or four years later i gone on a work trip for my job i was working at bt at the time and i went to where's the um classics the track thing oregon oh um, the, the, yeah prefontaine prefontaine yeah. where's that uh oregon yeah so i go to oregon for the prefontaine i'm trailing justin um 
who's preparing for the Olympics and we're doing a little mini doc on him. And I get off the plane and the crew who's on my same flight with me stops me as I'm walking off to get an Uber and starts handing me equipment bags, like camera bags and big things and all kinds of equipment. And I'm like, why are they, why are they, why are they handing me things? And I didn't know if I was being extra or if it was okay for me to just, like, I didn't know them outside of this. And I was like, wait, am I supposed to, is the writer supposed to help carry bags? I didn't feel like that was the case. So I don't, to be honest, I don't even remember whether or not I helped or not. I think I probably did. But I remember thinking, like, this was weird. And I posted about it on Facebook. And folks were like, uh, no, that is not your job. Um, at the very least, they could just ask, not assume by tossing you stuff. Oh, it was Ashley. Where's Ashley at? It was Ashley. She's here somewhere. She sometimes pops in. I will ask her. It's been long enough now. Um, so we get to the hotel and I'm staying in a La Quinta. Now y'all, I'm 40 plus at this point. I've been in the game a long time. I didn't been put up in some, I've been flewed out to many places and put up in some really special locations. What I don't do, whether I'm paying for it or not, is La Quinta. So I go and I check into this La Quinta, and I'm trying to figure out how I can get my own hotel nearby, but there's nothing. And I say, you know what? I'm going to just take a shower. Take a shower. I'm going to get this small thing off of me. I'm three hours ahead, and everything will be fine. I go into the bathroom. The The towel is not just dirty, but crunchy. There's a crunchy, dirty towel in my bathroom. I walk across the parking lot because there's a Walmart across the parking lot. I buy a decent towel. I come back. I take a shower. I lay down and I cry because I'm so disgusted at my accommodations. And I'm so spoiled that this just doesn't seem fair. So let's say I want to write a short story about that. A short story about this 40 plus woman who's used to great accommodations, who's now working at a place like BET that caters to people much younger than her. And this is the life you live. And now the camera people expect you to help them carry the bags. And you're in a La Quinta, which you don't even recognize as an actual hotel. And you got a dirty, crunchy towel in your shower. If I were to write a short story called La Quinta, what are the themes there? Because I'm going to be super honest with you. It doesn't come to me naturally. I can tell you the characters. I can tell you the dialogue between me and Ashley. I can definitely paint a beautiful picture of what my hotel room looked like. I can do so much with character and plot and place. I love place. But theme? What's the theme? What is the theme of me working at a place that puts me up in a La Quinta and looking back on all my years in this industry and feeling, how has it come to this? And why is this okay? And this is not okay. I'm listening. I want somebody to tell me what the theme is supposed to be in that story. Because I don't get it. If it's about a hotel, then theme would be about all the issues that could happen. Yes, but... From what I gather, that's not the type of theme he's talking about. He's talking about, is it is the theme getting older? Is the theme um, uh, 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 falling apart? Is the theme 
maturity is the theme. Like I got the feeling from him that he was looking for specific themes. Like what can other people relate to in this story? And I can't, I can think of maybe, I don't know, youth and how she's dealing with how she's not young anymore and how working at BET at 42 is really difficult. Maybe, I guess. Um, Tracy says, coming of age, learning your worth. I like that. Definitely learning your worth. Um, that was definitely, uh, yeah, learning your worth. Is that a theme? Yeah, that's a theme. Um, he talks about getting dressed for work. Particularly during the pandemic, I was, oh, that was it. I was talking about my caftans. During the, the pandemic, I was wearing caftans every single day, like without fail. And I worked, I played, did all the things in caftans. Not all the things, but most of the things. And now, lately, over the past month or so, I've been really wanting to like beat my face and find a cute dress and put on something that makes me feel a certain way before I sit down to my laptop or before I sit in front of this microphone or before I sit down to whatever creative thing I'm doing. And I'm curious to know how people deal with that. Like, well, today I tried on, I have this hot pink dress with like these balloon sleeves. And I was like, oh, this is what I'm wearing today. This is so cute. And I put it on, I put on my strappy sandals. And I was like, Elliot, what are you doing? This is not the day. No, like this is not the day for hot pink dresses and black strappy heels. Go put some shorts on and stop playing around. So I changed. But I really did want to do that. Um, sometimes I just go with it and I feel like I'm overdressed. But sometimes I'm like, hey, I don't know. I'm curious to know what folks do. Do you do your hair? before you do the creative things? Do you want to be a hot mess when you do the creative things? There's a world for that too. Where some people just feel like, I just want to roll out of the bed completely, do whatever, and not even think about what might be going on. Um, There's a world for that too, I think. So I'm listening. I want to know. And then after that, you know what we got to talk about, y'all? You know. You know exactly what we got to talk about. What we got to talk about. What we got to talk about. If we're talking about being dressed before we work or just rolling out of bed and then working, you know what we got to talk about. Let's just get into it because I know y'all going to be mad. So be mad. A.M. or P.M. Should you be writing in the morning when you first wake up? Or is it okay to wait until after work and after everything's done, after everybody's asleep or after the dishes have been put away, after, 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 is that when you write? The short answer? No, it's not. At your mama. Writing is in the AM. Now, are there outliers who can tell me, look, ho, I've made the New York Times bestsellers list 26 times and I never pick up a computer before 10 o'clock at night. Of course there are. Of course. There's lots of people who can do all kinds of things. 
There are people who set their alarm for 2 a.m. and get up and write. And that's the perfect time for them. But if you're my client or you're my mentee or you're my anything, it's morning. It's morning. And I know you want to say why morning. I want you to tell me why evening. And I'll tell you why. First of all, mornings are less likely to be taken away from you than nights. People don't call you at 5 a.m. and say, oh, I need you to get up right now and do this thing. That doesn't happen. I mean, of course, all things being equal. I'm just saying, in general, most of us don't get a phone call at 4 or 5 in the morning saying, can you please pick me up from practice? Or, hey, I'm running late. Can you get me from the train station? Or, hey, it's me, your mom. Can you go to Western Beef and get me those chicken wings that they have on sale? Harry, before they run out. Those things happen in the evening. So I don't really understand. I need people who work regular regular jobs, like nine to fives. I want to know your secret and how you could go to work, finish work, eat, do whatever things that you need to do, and then have time before bed to write for an hour or two. I really want to see how those schedules look. Because from what I can see from all the people that I know who write, I see people able to move time back to make an appointment more than moving time forward. A lot of times the people who want to write at night, if we were able to have a chart and compare people who work at, who write at night to people who, um, shut up Ricardo to people who work in work right in the morning and which one has more difficulties and which one makes has more um interruptions and which one has more checking your phone if you write in the morning you don't even have to look at your phone most of us most of us most of us when you write when you get up in the morning If you don't look at your phone at 2 a.m., you don't have to look at your phone at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. or whatever morning, time of morning, you get up. Evening, you've been looking at your phone all day. It is a lot harder to just stop and put your phone away at 8 o'clock when the world is still moving, when things are still happening. At the very least, if at 5 a.m., if that's your time, you are drawn to your phone you're not going to see all of the same level of interruptions that you're going to see at eight o'clock you're just not so deb said says single child is grown and i don't have a bedtime okay deb so so what's so what's up your your nighttime tell me about your writing schedule and tell me how often you keep it and if you do then you're an outlier And that's fine. But I still will tell anybody who's asking me how to get that first book done. Mm -mm. In the morning. So, Deb, if your mom calls you at five, that's great. I believe once you once you're done talking to mom, that's a great time to get started with writing. Although I will say if. Single child is growing, you don't have the bedtime. You lucky, lucky, lucky woman. If that is the case for you, you do kind of get to 
set your own hours. But which one, a.m. or p.m., gets interrupted more? For you, you say a.m. because it's your mom, um, which I know this is not going to be very popular. But if you really determine that morning is it, you might have to have a conversation with your mom about not calling at 5 a.m. or letting it to go to voicemail and leaving her to call you back or you to call her back. That's not a very popular opinion. Um, but I don't have very popular opinions when it comes to boundaries and writing, um, whether it's time or whether it's uh, the phone calls from folks or whether it's the child who wants you to not write and go to their midday dance recital. There's always things. There's always things. And I have just found that the things, whether it's a show I really want to watch or a restaurant I really want to go to or a friend who just popped up and called me out of the blue, that doesn't happen at 5 a.m., or a fun Twitter battle, a versus, whatever it is, those things are most likely to happen in the evening and night. This is the same reason why I tell clients or anyone who asks not to have your writing days be on a weekend. People will say, oh, I can't wait till Saturday. I'm going to write all day because I don't have nothing else to do. Nope. I don't, I don't co-sign that. If that's what you really need to do, by all means, get the words down. But I don't co-sign uh, weekend marathons. Um I don't even want your Saturday or Sunday to be one of your key days. I want those days to be during the week. Why? Because shit happens on the weekends. People get married via Zoom. People go away. People pass. People, all kinds of things happen and we throw it on the weekend. So when we throw it on the weekend, what ends up happening is we have to catch out. We have to say, okay, my writing day is done. You know what weekends are for. Weekends are those, ends up being those things that you can't say no to. Because it's Uncle Harry's funeral. And Uncle Harry sent you $20 when you were in college and you really needed it. And you said, at that time, you said, when he passes, I don't care what my writing day looks like, I'm going to Uncle Harry's funeral. And now here you are, going to Uncle Harry's funeral instead of doing your writing practice. Don't do don't do the weekends. Give yourself the weekends off. Don't let writing feel like a chore. Don't let it, well, actually, it's going to feel like a chore. Sorry. It's just what it is. There's nothing fun about it. Um, so there, I say AM. I say you open your eyes. You get up. Make yourself a cup of coffee, tea, Jack Daniels, whatever you drink when you when you wake up. And get your hour done. Just get it done. You got the whole day ahead of you after that. It's done. Now, granted, if you work on the other side of the clock and you work nights, all of this is the opposite. So do it before you go to work, which is your morning at night. But for the rest of us, try it. Try morning. Um, some people say that they don't do mornings because the words don't come out as well and that their writing isn't as good. Lies. That that's, that's just straight up fallacy. How would you know anyway? Why? Cause you're looking at it. Did you ask an editor 
to look at this AM work and this PM work and tell me which one you think is better. You never did that. So how do you know that your AM work is not as good? Because your brain feels a little bit foggy. So? You still love people when you first wake up in the morning, even though your brain's foggy. You figure out how to do that. You get dressed every morning. You figure out how to do that when your brain's foggy. Why do you think you can't write? You write just as well when you first wake up as you do when you're about to go to bed. So this idea that you need this nighttime feel to write is hogwash. It's hogwash. Morning is just as good. Unless you can tell me that you once submitted some work to an editor and they said, huh, is it possible that you wrote page two at night and page three in the morning? Because page two is just crackling off the page. And page three just looks like you might have been tired. Can't nobody tell. That's just something you tell yourself because you want to work at night. So you tell yourself that your work comes out better in the morning. But it's not true. Morning takes more discipline than night. When you say that your writing practice time is going to be at night, it's super easy to just be like, oh, shit, fuck it, and go to sleep. I didn't do my writing practice today. So much easier to do that at night. In the morning, if that's what you know you're supposed to do in the morning, of course you can still decide I'm sleeping in. I was supposed to go to the gym today. Supposed to go every week. I mean, three times a week. But listen here. I woke up this morning and knew today ain't the day. Um, And you know why it wasn't the day? This dovetails right into what we were talking about. So I go to my trainer. I was going to my trainer Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So Tuesday, break, Thursday. No break, Friday. Uh-uh. Doesn't work for me. I need a break in between. Could I have crawled there today? Sure. Did I want to? Absolutely not. And I would have hated it more even than I usually do. So thank you, Paz. I'm think I'm saying thank you on behalf of Shane. Um, so I can't do it, y'all. I literally texted him and said, I'm not coming today. I can't do this back to back. Starting next week, we are Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I kind of think Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the right time for anything. Like, if you want to set a schedule for something, make it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It just has a natural build-in break to it. And, I, and you know, I just told you, we don't do weekends. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's the best. Use it. So, starting next week, I'm going to go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And sometimes when I get home from working out, I just... The only reason why I can think about the next time is because I know I have a break in between. So every Thursday afternoon, I'm like, oh, fuck. I got to go back tomorrow. When I say goodbye to him, I'm like, bye, and start biking away. He's like, see you tomorrow. And it just crinkles my skin. I'm like, not tomorrow. So I changed up the schedule. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I didn't. I didn't go today. And I think that Monday, Wednesday, Friday is a natural rhythm um, that could be good for pretty much anything. Um, yo, your background looks good. Thank you, Paul. I had to say something. I was scrolling by and saw this. Deontay, you sound exactly like I sound when I'm clowning my kids when they try and validate their ridiculous excuses. 
Tracy, the Saturday Sunday break can be a struggle. If it's a struggle, then you can do other things. Like maybe Saturday and Sunday is your research day. You know how I try to tell you not to get caught up in research while you're in the middle of writing. Maybe we, you know, maybe Saturday it's like, you know what? That person was born in 1912. I mean, 1812. Let me read something about the War of 1812 and take notes. You can still work on the thing and keep it in your mind. Um, thank you, Curtis. Um, but no, it's fine. I think I think the weekend break is fine. I think it's healthy to have a weekend break. I will also say this. Um, there's going to come a point if you're writing on something, working on something lengthy, like a, just a whole book, where all this is going to go out the window. And you won't be able to think about anything but the book and you'll write 18. I, I will. Com- there are people that I have to just back away quietly because they're writing eight hours a day and they take a week off work. And, they, you know, I, I get there. Um, I've had several moments in my life. I'm looking forward to the next time where there's nothing but the book and no one gets fed and and everything just goes to shit and you just do what you got to do. But a firm writing practice will get you there. Um, an instructor at a pitch conference I went to a while back. Ricardo says, an instructor at a pitch conference I went to a while back once read a chapter and guessed correctly that I had indeed written it at night. I don't believe you, Ricardo. You need more people. Meaning what? Like, what did you say? Did you ask him? Or did he just bring it up apropos of nothing? Did he just read it and say, you wrote this at night? Doesn't he have a 50-50 shot of landing that anyway? I mean, of course. But I don't know what the other options were. After lunch? After dinner? I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm side-eyeing you, Ricardo. He wrote this at 8.15 p.m. <laughs> I I don't know. Um, it's morning. I'm putting. I'm just. I'm I'm willing. You know what is that expression? I'm not dying on the hill for this. I'll die on the hill for this. Warrant morning, 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 morning. So Ricardo, why did he ask that? Like, what was it about it that made him think that? And couldn't he have just easily have said, "You wrote this in the morning, didn't you?" Hmm. Um. Morning. I'm dying on the hill. Work on work in the morning. If you think if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm not. So do it. Try it. If you're a nighttime writer, get up tomorrow. Um, I know my side eye is valid. My side eye is always valid. Get up tomorrow and or whatever the next morning you have and write for an hour. Don't think about anything. Don't overthink. Just write. Nighttime is very seductive, you know? It's the same thing. Like, I'm writing a, a, a story right now about AM sex and how people, you know, of a certain age should rediscover having sex in the morning. It's kind of the same thing. We just write. We have sex at night because that's when we have sex. We have sex at night because that's when we go to bed. So, of course, you get into bed. The two people are there. This is the time. So, but guess what? The two people are still there most of the time in the morning. So, it's just an e- as easily can be pushed to the morning as it is at night. Um, and that goes for lots of stuff. So I'm not buying, I'm not buying that you can't do it in the morning. It was a contentious scene that described the character's mindset, which was melancholy. I think he looked at my word usage. Not sure. He looked at 50% chance that this was at night. That's what he looked at, Ricardo. Um, 
but I'm not going to say nothing. But go off. Um, what time is it? I got to go, guys. I feel like this is a whole... I keep forgetting that this is broken up into... Wait, no. I started it. Yeah, it's about right. Um, let's recap. If you feel like getting dressed before you sit in front of your computer, go for it. I got braids, and I'm really happy about it. And it makes me a better writer. Um, that's not true, but maybe kind of. Theme. Theme is a thing, you guys. I'm sorry. I've been saying for 10 years, <laughs> F a theme. But theme is a thing. Um, and we're going to all work in the morning. That's just a thing we're going to do. We're going to try it anyway. Deb, you're exempt. You ain't got no kids at home. You have no bedtime. You're single. You can do whatever the hell you want to do. You get to do this whenever feels comfortable for you. However, are you keeping to whatever your schedule should be? Because even if you don't have any distractions, it doesn't mean you never, like you're always keeping with what you're supposed to do. So I'll leave that for you to discuss. Um, and thank you to Shane for our awesome upgrade in here. I don't need your pity. <laughs> Lots of folks here are, that's not me. <laughs> I'm speaking on behalf of everybody in the comments. So, uh, Thomas, hmm, is self-discipline the biggest barrier to writing? I didn't see that. I'm back. Um, no. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Self-discipline self is the biggest barrier. Although, it depends on what you mean by writing. Is self-discipline the biggest barrier to just, like, collecting essays and things for yourself? No, because you just do it whenever you feel like it. Self-discipline is the biggest barrier to publishing a book. Um, Self-discipline is the biggest barrier to finishing a book, uh, not to writing. Lots of people will write and outline and work on lots of things um, however long. But self-discipline is definitely the biggest barrier to publishing a book. Yeah, it is. And it's so difficult to fix. There's nothing, I can't do anything to fix that. Ultimately, I can give you tips and help you make a schedule. And But ultimately, it's just you and your typewriter, your notebook, your laptop. That's it. You have to make that decision every single time you sit down. Just like me in the gym this morning. I'm like, this is a barrier. I'm not getting out of this bed right now. And I have another chance to get it right on Monday. All right. Um, let me make sure I didn't miss anything. <laughs> okay. Try the mornings. Um, so when I was growing up, I used to listen to WBLS. It's my favorite station. And from three or to six or six, the drive-by show was Wendy Williams, who used to live very close to my town. And um, I would see her in her local Target every once in a while. She's a problematic person in many, many ways. But she's also a sort of tragic hero with tragic flaws, as a Shakespearean person would tell you. But 
I just, there was something about how she corralled her audience that I always loved. Um, she just always did an amazing job of making you feel like she was talking to only you. And sometimes she would get close up to the mic and say, okay, y'all, it's time to fan out. And that would mean everybody was going to one particular event, spread around and see if we could get any gossip to go back to her. She was a thing. I loved her on the radio. I missed her. So at the end of every single show, she would say, I love you for listening. And that is what I'm saying to you because that's what I say. At the end of every show, I love you listening. Bye.